0: Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. How did our eyes get so red? And what the hell is on Joey's head? You guys probably know that song, don't you? Nickelback Photograph. The the band that people dislike, despite knowing every lyric. What does that seem like to you? Hmm. That reminds me of some type of drill piece of equipment that we use in training or used to use in training that now we are not allowed to because no one likes it the speed ladder everyone if i say let's do the icky shuffle could you perform the icky shuffle do you know every move to the speed ladder despite not liking the speed ladder it's like nickelback look at this speed ladder drill it's not as good as running up a hill. It doesn't help with your change of direction. It just moves your feet really fast. It's Kind of the the new changed lyrics of this speed ladder realm. But the reason why I bring this up, you know, twofold. One, I mean, welcome, by the way, to the podcast. Um, didn't even bother doing an intro. I guess you guys just got welcomed with a little bit of a serenading from the Nickelback. But I want to talk a little bit about speed ladder, fast feet. What is what is fast feet? How the speed ladder can be beneficial. I do a lot of movements that aren't really on the speed ladder because I don't want to carry a speed ladder around with me. But essentially the same thing. We are fooling ourselves if I say they're not the same thing. The high knee skip series I do or hops, you can do that on a speed ladder. But one of the things that people don't realize is that when it comes to moving your feet fast, give you guys a second to think about it. Can you answer this one at home? do, 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 So what moves your feet? I'll give you a couple seconds. Think about it. I, I want you to ponder it for a second. If I said, what moves your feet? What is it? So do, 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 do. Do do, do. Do you have an answer? It's not your feet. It's not your calves. It's your hip flexors. Such an underrated concept. Your hip flexors. People think hip flexors are just sprinting and top speed stuff. Or if you're on social media, apparently they make you dunk basketballs. I don't know. It's not really what they do. That's okay. Hip flexors help you pick them up. Them puppies, them feets. The minute you move your foot, you have to lift your foot off the ground. Foot is attached to your lower leg. Your lower leg is attached to your upper leg, which is the movement point is going to be your hip. Don't believe me? Do a whole bunch of really fast, high knees in a really short period of time. What muscle burns? It's not going to be... <laughs> could be your calves. I guess you're really undertrained. It's probably going to be your hip flexors. And why does this matter? Well, some athletes I work with how do I put this in a polite way? They don't move their feet as well. Um, they kind of plot at times. They have heavy, heavy contacts. You see this a lot with big men in basketball. They just have really heavy whole foot contacts. And they seem to struggle to get their feet off the ground. And they respond to all these athletes "I feel stuck. I don't move as quick as I'd like to. Your hip flexors. Your hip flexors are probably under And this is something I feel stupid, not really thinking about in the past. Oh my gosh, you idiot. You fool, Max. Buffoon. Um, You're hip flexors. And so what's a great opportunity to work on a movement pattern where hip flexor contraction speed is the rate limiting factor, essentially, as how fast you get through a movement? Well, that sounds like the speed ladders. How fast can you pick them up and put them down? We're not working on huge center of mass displacement so if you get a speed ladder to help you with center of mass displacement well it's probably not the best for you people go oh speed ladders don't make you speedy they don't make you fast well i guess speed is a relative term it has to be contextualized speed (laughs) of how fast i can move my hip flexors it possibly can help you is it going to help you run the world record 100-yard, 40-yard dash, whatever. 100-meter, 40-yard dash, you pick. No, probably not. It's not going to be the thing that causes the greatest improvement in something. However, it can be very useful in certain areas. And then you can bias your movement pattern. So one of the things like in basketball is you want to have a little bit of a bent position. You don't want to be upright all the time. You want to be able to move in a slightly forward-leaning position, that quote-unquote ready position, what the heck you want to call it. You want to be able to move your feet quickly. Keep them moving. A lot of times people get out of position because they have to overextend to get into a position. So it's not really the position that they're in is out of position. It's the fact that they sacrifice their initial position to get into that position and then the counter move they can't react to. That's really common in basketball. If you guys watch basketball, you see a lot of blocking fouls on the defense. This happens where they lunge. And that lunge where they take that full commitment to try and stop the defender, big step. They put, they sacrificed all their position. They might not stop them there. And the defender takes one more dribble. And that person has nothing they can do except reach with their body, blocking foul, foul on the defense. So it explains that pretty easily, pretty well. Um, so we, and I get frustrated because we have this gosh, strength conditioning, man. Groupthink capital of the world. Strength and conditioning, where all we do is do things to appease our peers, especially Twitter. I've never seen more people post. I mean, I guess it's the nature of the beast, too, so I can't, like, get too mad about it. At the end of the day, you're on Twitter to interact with people. I'm not one of those Twitter puritans (laughs) that mandate everything you post must be strictly educational and helpful to push the strength and conditioning community forward. No, whatever. I don't know. You can do what you want. It's Twitter. It's a Wild West. But a lot of people will justify their programming based on whether or not other people agree with their programming. Speed Ladder, case in point. Speed Ladder stink. Look, them all. Well, they don't really stink. Okay, they're, it's a fine for what it is. Someone said, "Hey Max, pick a really good hip flexor speed drill that I can do at home. That's kind of fun and engaging and exciting. Forces me to flip my hips and different movement patterns. A speed ladder. I pick a speed ladder. You know, as I say this out loud, I might do some speed ladder work today. I've room in my basement for it. You now, when I think about it, I have probably 15 feet. I'm not gonna have much vertical displacement on a speed ladder. Hot damn!" I'm going to do a speed ladder. I'm probably going to like it. Maybe I'll bring a tennis ball out and do it. Use it. Have fun. So strength and conditioning, we get the situation where we just like to do things because other people are doing things. And that goes back to the whole philosophical uh, crux of strength conditioning that people who work in non-tangible assets have to deal with. We don't make a physical product that can be measured in the time course of sight and scene. And what I mean by that, If you make a beautiful piece of art, instantaneously, someone can appraise that art, whether or not it was good. Oh, is that a good piece of art? Is it beautiful? Food, same thing. Whether you fix someone's plumbing, pottery, these are tangible assets. Non-tangible assets, there's not actually a ton of industries that I can say exist that are are like this, but strength conditioning is one of them, for example, where a single workout doesn't do any good for anybody, really. It's not going to change the world. Versus if you paint a picture, a single paintbrush is at least noticeable. Instantaneous change. There's a delayed change and a, a change that has to be measured a change that happens over a course of time. And so if you gave, here's, let's do a thought experiment, friends of the show. You gave, let's say 20 people, each group. You gave them a training program. How long would it take for the average observer to notice the difference in results? I'm going to write this down. I'm going to tweet this. I'm going to tweet during the podcast because that'd be rude. We don't want to have our phones out during the podcast. But that's a good example. I'm actually not thinking about that right now. I had 20 people. Let's say they're just average trained. I don't want to say maybe even newbies, even better. And they did two different programs. And... Uh, maybe six weeks, seven, eight, eight weeks, noticeable difference. Not like not a measurable difference to where we're having force plate data on it. And you have to have granularity. You have to have some level of visual, maybe a year. And most people don't even stick with a training program for a year. That's actually kind of wild if you think about it. Two groups, 20 people, Ask us through your fellow strength coaches. This is a great thought experiment. How long would it take to notice for a layperson, just a, a layperson who's not a strength conditioning expert, to notice a difference between the two groups? And that is why, as strength conditionings, we have this existential crisis. Exist strength conditioning, the strength conditioning coaches. Because what we do doesn't always immediately yield a result. So we justify things. We put in things that can be changed immediately. Oh, let's get your pat hinge pattern right. Oh, your hinge is better. Therefore, you're getting better at strength conditions. So you pick up all these like random things that we just assume are going to be highly associated with an effective program. And that is where this all crumbles in terms of our social media exchanges. <laughs> because social media exchange is an instantaneous site and scene evaluation of a program. And when that's the case, you're going to have to operate it amongst those who are educated and non-educated in the field, which is why when you post on social media, you might post something that is mundane to the field or the field of strength and conditioning, will say, "Mm, I'm not really sure about that. But the lay people might go, oh my gosh, this is the way. I will only eat liver to become muscular and jacked or whatever insert your fad here. Very rarely is a strength conditioning community engaged in that fad. It's as if some sort of uh I've been watching The Last of Us by the way, the interesting series so far, so good on HBO. It's about Cordyceps and how they take over people. It's almost as if you in the strength conditioning community we are this isolated petri dish and all of a sudden one of these spores hop out and we get into the lay people and then all of a sudden that's a, in a negative way i just say a spore because i'm watching a thing about mushrooms whatever you want to call it gets out to the lay people and it propagates and it spreads so fast and then all the observers inside the petri dish a strength conditioning coaches see it and like, oh that's not true and we're mainly mad because we want you to pay attention to us <laughs> probably. That's probably the main reason. And in the private sector, it actually does cost some actual rife because you have people coming in trying to do these weird random things. And you're like, no, like, can we just do our program? So it's a reflection of some of the failures we have at times. And why in our Petri dish that we like to sit and cross communicate amongst some weird echo chamber? And then you have derivatives of that, or variations, as you say, where you have the motivational man, Captain Tough Guy. I'm gonna yell at you, and we're gonna. You're wrong. I love that. You're you're stupid. When they comment stuff like this is idiotic. Uh, What are you gonna do? Train my athletes? (laughs) What do you get out of this argument, dude? This is free 99 on Twitter. Not for me, actually, by the way. It's not free for me. Big cash daddy over here decided to fork out $8 a month to get that blue check mark so I can post some longer videos. I was told it's supposed to help with some things. It really hasn't. I'm just forking over Elon. Eight bones a month. Almost a whole Chipotle now. Used to be a whole Chipotle. Actually, I don't know if it was. Chipotle was like $8.66, $8.36, something like that for... A chicken burrito back in the day i don't think ever i don't think ever was less than that whatever as i regress into a form of chipotle conversation so yeah moral of the story is like let's consider actually (laughs) what we're doing here people um let's think about in social media why we see things we do and if we're constantly engaging with those peers, and that's how we judge our successes, you could be constantly doing things to appease those peers and connect with those peers. And then there's the anti-crowd of that, where it's just, fight the man, man, and we're just going to make outrageous claims and other stuff on the other end, and it becomes this pendulum a polarization of that I touched on before. At the end of the day, <laughs> the Nickelback speed ladder example is just the most perfect example i can think of because it's so true there's great justification to use it there's great justification not to use it but it's up to you i suppose well, i'm going to take a break from that i don't want to go on a huge rant there i want to talk a little bit about the training day we have um i think people like breaking down some of these training days you guys are curious this is the always an athlete training program people have questions all the time on you know oh why do we do this do that I want to talk about a couple exercises I like. I touch on this in our new newsletter. So if you guys want to sign up, please check out the newsletter. It's pretty dope. I'm excited about it. I might uh, do twice a week. I don't know. I'd enjoy writing again. Writing, adding. It's very fun. It's a fun, creative kind of process. I have so much thinking content over the years. I don't know where to put it. The newsletter at least gives me something to do. And I think you all like it because it kind of narrows down the... Reduces the clutter. Right? Isn't that the right word. So in today's workout, this is a Wednesday, by the way. I'm filming this. It's a midweek day, so you always want to make sure in the middle of the week. I try and make these days with our pros. This is the same concept with my pro athletes. You know, you're going to get fatigue Thursday, Friday. You know, you have fatigue Monday, Tuesday. So Wednesday is you have kind of gauge. Am I really tired? Should I push it? Should I pull back? Where should I sit in this realm of effort? And so I try and just keep it straight to the point. We have. Uh, a skip series, hop, skips, rhythm coordination, get the feel for your body. Then we have some bound to prep. So you get moving left, right, a little bit of explosiveness. Because in our main workout, we do this isometric barbell lunge hold. I really like this exercise. I've been a huge fan of it lately. I do it quite a bit. I mentioned my last podcast. And may do some single leg rocker jumps onto a box. So we have an isometric followed by a dynamic movement. I like to mix these up together. More times than not, it's a time issue. I think both are important. I think paired together, there's some potential uh, benefits, maybe from a coordination standpoint, to understand why we're doing the isometric. There's possibly potentiation, post potentiation activation effects. It's also fun and engaging in two exercises I like to do. So it's part of the reason why we do them. We don't do them to a crazy amount. It's three sets each leg. We pair them up. Single leg rocker jump. So a single leg rock jump is where you are in this long lunge position. You're rocking back and forth between the left and the right leg. Think about like a single step jump. And just a really low momentum single leg jump onto a box. I'll probably post a video of it today. I like it. I think it's a very clean way to work on a single leg jump. I don't always like step up jumps. I haven't programmed them in a while. Sometimes I feel like the position's a little weird. It's not as natural because a single leg jump in sport, you have this roll through for your hips. I really want to find ways to mimic that roll through, that extension and the hip, driving extension of the knee, be through momentum, with momentum. So that's something we try and do. Then we have the Bulgarian split squats at the end of it. And I like to keep split squats around because if I program Bulgarian split squats in my training program, I hate having to reintroduce them because they'll make you sore. So these aren't just done for Insane amounts and mainly just a maintenance phase because we will use them again in the future. I just i cannot stand making them way too uh ignoring them because if you ignore them, then you just fade away and you get tired. Um, and then we have some cap stuff at the end, and that's it. That's the workout. Go to the workout right there, short, sweet to the point. So I know people have questions at times and they say, Oh, you know, what, how did you program that? Should we do uh, how does a Wednesday look? Whatever the app, the app comes with videos and stuff, so check it out. Message board for questions. Sometimes I have typos in my programs. I'm a human too. I'm happy to be on there. I get the message as a text, so I quickly respond. Those are the, that's the training deal. Uh, lastly, but not least, you guys might be. <laughs> I I'm all I'm all in on a frisbee right now. But <laughs> I showed up to the gym the other day. Yeah, not the other day. Yesterday, and. Well, you know, what's the is a white snake? Here I go again on my own. I've ever known. That's kind of progressive way. I just think of Will Ferrell cleaning his car in old school. Uh, uh listening to that, that's a good reference right there. Um, and I'm by myself and I wanted to have a frisbee, so I threw a frisbee by myself. But part of the day, I had uh, I want to do some lateral work. I was, I'm not motivated to do any lateral change of direction work, but I need to physically do this stuff. I have guys in the off season who come back and I rebound and I play defense. If I get out of shape, I get hurt all the time tonight, whatever it might be. If I just stop doing this, stuff, I know I need to do it. Cause when they come back, they come back in shape and they're NBA players. So they're professional basketball players. And I got to run around and provide, uh, I was not going to say a hindrance, maybe a nuisance. I'm not sure how much of an obstacle I am but someone they can compete with. So I need to be able to move. My training helps me train my athletes. And I don't have an athlete here with me right now. Will just went to Australia. Congratulations. Hooray, Will. Yay. Get signed. Got paid to play basketball. Make money playing basketball. That is ill. Dope. So I have a tennis ball. I was like, man, I used to be one of those kids who threw things on my roof. I let it fall down. You know, like a... I'm sure you guys have done that for basketball, football, baseball, whatever you throw on the roof and try and catch it. Well, I didn't have a roof, but I had a wall and I had a ball. And I was like, this is enough. I can make something work. Took the ball, threw it to my left. I was like, oh, I think I can make something out of this. So I was on the wall. And I threw one to my left, took a small cross step. So my initial movement prep was, can I throw it and just take one or two quick steps to get there? Then a long step was level two. So I throw it out level two, get wide, get long um, cover more ground, one bounce, challenge myself, measure some distances, try and beat my best. And then I did one where I threw it and it went over my head. So I had to turn, turn and run. And then I did one where I threw it. So I hit the wall as I'm coming forward. So I have to duck under the ball before it hits me. As I duck under, I get low and turn and burn to go catch it again. So four levels of progression, really fun, change of direction type stuff. The lateral movements, you can add shuffles in there. You can add turn and sprints. You can add hip flips, I loved it. I'm a big fan. Um, we have some of that in the Always an Athlete programming. Actually, uh, I think Friday, we do a tennis ball drop, turn and run. We've been working on a hip flip series. And I like the turn and run stuff just because it adds something into it. We got to catch something. Um, it's just a blast. All in all, very good exercises. But again, it's, training by yourself kind of stinks. It's not as fun. I had an athlete here. So you can compete. You can yell at each other. You can make fun of each other. You can make up rules. So I win. All the stuff. But no one's there with me now. I understand why training by yourself kind of stinks. It's not always the best. Not always the most enjoyable. But we got to find ways to compete and get around it. So that's kind of the four-level thing we did. And that was really fun. We did. I did. I say we like we're all in this together. I talk to a microphone in an empty house. Who is this man? Speaking through my earphones, so earbuds, iPod, Bud, iPhone, AirBud thing. Air buds. Are they really called Airbuds, by the way? Is that what they're called? AirPods. They should be AirBuds, but I'm sure there's a trademark on that. Um well, yeah, it's just it's easier to train when you have competition. So um uh, that's all I really want to cover this morning as I finish my coffee. A little morning coffee with Max. I appreciate y'all tuning in. As always, check out my newsletter, check out my always an athlete training team seven day free trial. Free trial? Free? Could it be? Yeah, it's free. If you don't like it, don't stay. If you like it, stay. We have lots of people who've liked it. People liked it for you. People have used it for a couple of years and they really like it. Just saying. It's pretty dope. Um, Edge U, we have a lot of great content on there. We're going to be having a new course here in the near future on gamifying training. And then um, I think this covers it all. And obviously, for the supplements, you guys can check out Upper Echelon Nutrition. I take the supplements. I love the supplements, best supplements. Some supplements make me want to poop in my pants when I have the proteins. This protein is amazing. It tastes great. It fits in my stomach so well. People have commented that before on the reviews. Go read the reviews. They're fire. Amazing. Um, that's all I got for you all today. I hope you guys enjoy. As always, I appreciate you all. Take care. And again, thanks for listening. We're making this thing go again.